So a lot of excitement is at your fingertips, my friend, for two reasons. Number one, this is only the second distillery to be featured here on Blabbing in the Bluegrass to this point. And secondly, this is our first spotlight in Boyle County, Danville to be specific, where we set our sights on Wilderness Trail Distillery. It's been around since 2012, so a relatively short history, but an extremely productive history. It may not be the first name that comes to mind when you think of Kentucky distilleries, but it needs to be among the first because they've already become one of the biggest distilleries out there, and whether it's bourbon you're after or maybe perhaps rye whiskey or even that blue heron vodka that they've quickly become famous for. They have something to suit anyone's craving, anyone's fancy, so we will find out about the history, how they have evolved and become what they are, and we will talk about their great products and what you can experience on a tour of the distillery. All that comes to us courtesy of Jared Smith, one of their national brand managers. So kick back, and most importantly, make sure that you drink responsibly while you listen to Blabbing in the Bluegrass, Season 6, Episode 18. Kentucky features so much more than basketball and horses. We're home to scenic spectacles and one-of-a-kind golf courses. If boating, fishing, dining, or music is your pleasure, we'll guide you to the sights and sounds that you will truly treasure. Cause we're blabbing, blabbing in the bluegrass. There's nothing here to hide cause we're saying it with pride. Just a blabbing, blabbing in the bluegrass. With knowledge of the state, you're sure to appreciate. Yes, we're blabbing in the bluegrass. Where musicians furnish talent and great whiskey cools your palate. Just a blabbing in the bluegrass. With a fit for every taste, precious time is not to waste. From Flatwoods to Flat Gap, Franklin to Fulton, we absolutely fit this great commonwealth like a glove, and we prove that on a weekly basis. Right here on Blabbit in the Bluegrass, as we thoughtfully and faithfully explore and celebrate all things Kentucky. I'm Sam Moore here once again at the dirt-free but dirt-cheap North Quail Motel in beautiful Henderson, KY. And we are taking you to the Bourbon Trail this time around, I tell you, your bourbon trail tour simply won't be complete unless you pay a visit to my man Jared Smith and his fine staff over at the Wilderness Trail Distillery in Danville. Of course, Jared's not there all the time. He is a national brand manager, and uh, so he does a lot of traveling, as he'll tell us. But it's it's still, you know, at least somewhat likely that you're going to run into him when you're paying a visit, and you'll find that he is an endlessly flowing font of knowledge when it comes to bourbon and the bourbon industry, and he is always, you know, spreading his expertise to various groups on a national scale, so that's why he is uh, here, there, and yonder all the time. He formerly gave tours of the distillery himself, but he has worked his way up to national brand manager, but they still have plenty of other quality tour guides that you're going to have a ball with and uh, learn a lot from, okay? So we'll hear a little bit about those tours throughout my conversation with Jared. We will also, like we said, summarize 
the history and how they have become, what they have become, and uh, the location change and how it's different now than when they started. And they just have so much to be proud of and no doubt nothing but a bright future there at uh, Wilderness Trail Distillery, Danville KY. And Jared Ray Smith is waiting in the wings. We will hear from him in just moments. But before we do, we have one important order of business. Well, at least to me it's important. Hopefully you think so too. But we have another Bluegrass Brain Buster. It's uh, hot off the press and uh, ready for your ears. My goal is to have one of these every week. So uh, you'll get the question now. And then we're going to give you time to think about it, okay? While you hear about all the... Uh, wide array of products that they have to offer from, like we said, bourbon to rye whiskey to vodka. I mean, the, the possibilities are just uh, seemingly endless, so you'll hear about all those while you're thinking. And we will give you the answer at the conclusion of today's show. So, Kentucky has two national monuments. What are they and where are they? Again, our great state has two national monuments. What are they? And where are they? We have talked about one of them on the show, and we hope to talk about the other sooner than later. But anyway, little hint for you, but get the wheels spinning, and we will let you know in the program's final segment. It's yet another Blabbit in the Bluegrass Tourist Temptation. Well, today we have one of the Bourbon Trail's best-kept secrets, but uh, we're trying to reduce its secrecy by... Uh, featuring them today. They've been in existence since uh, 2012, so it's a, a short but extremely impressive history, and they're, uh, you know, they're growing and evolving, seems like, by the day, and uh, they've enjoyed a, a tremendous amount of, of growth since the beginning and a lot more, no doubt, to come. They call themselves Wilderness Trail Distillery, and uh, they are located in Danville, Boyle County, Kentucky. So uh, a relatively short drive from anywhere there in central Kentucky. And so here to talk about uh, their history, their products, uh, the, the the tour perks and gift shop, all that they have to offer, and then some, is uh, one of their national brand managers at Wilderness Trail Distillery. Let's hear it for Mr. Jared Smith. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Sam. It's Jared, an honor to be on the podcast. Well, we're we're sure glad to have you, sir. Now, uh, you were telling me you're a employee number two, so you're a sort of second in command, I guess, up there at Wilderness Trail. How long have you been with the distillery? Yeah, so since uh, since 2012, uh, you know, before I started with Wilderness Trail, uh, I worked for the other company that our that our two owners own, uh, Firm Solutions. So I've been with them since 2009. Uh, oh, so okay. the yeah, yeah. So the first hire, once we started the distillery, the first hire was Michael Heist, uh, who had been our head distiller, now our uh, plant manager. And then I was our second hire then uh, to kind of take over pretty much everything else, uh, starting with uh, starting a distillery from scratch, really. Yeah. I see. So you've been involved since the get-go, <laughs> basically. And um, I noticed when we were uh, calling and texting back and forth, setting this thing up, that you have a... Uh, uh, a 606 area code, which is predominantly Eastern Kentucky. So are you an Eastern Kentuckian by birth, sir? Well, so by birth, I'm, uh, I guess, south, Southeastern. So I'm from uh, uh, Southern Pulaski County. 
down there, probably about uh, about thirty miles or so from uh, from the Tennessee state line. Uh, okay, so Somerset area. Somerset area. So we're six oh six down there, but uh, yeah, I got this uh, this number here. Actually, my six oh six is a Harlan number, uh, and I got it whenever Justified was on TV, and oh, I was a big how appropriate. Uh, right. I was a big Raylan Gibbons fan, so. Uh, I changed my cell phone numbers like, oh, hey, I just uh, I got to pick a new number out here. I'm going to pick out a, a good one to remember. And it just uh, it worked out well. <laughs> that, that was quite fitting, sir. Now, you being a national brand manager, you were telling me off air here that uh, that you do a lot of traveling. So why don't you enlighten our listeners a little bit more about your your role and what your job entails as uh, as national brand manager? Yeah, so I get to do a lot of great stuff for Wilderness Trail as our national brand manager. Uh, really the big thing and what I enjoy most is the education. It's talking about bourbon, educating people on Wilderness Trail bourbon and, and just Kentucky bourbon in, in general. Uh, talking about the history of it, how it's made, the process, going through the, the, the tastings of it, the, all the sensory evaluations. Uh, and then get to talk about our story, Wilderness Trail, and what sets us apart. Uh, so I get to do that with people all across the country. You know, it might be uh, the bartenders at a bar. It could be the staff at a store. Maybe I'm speaking with 30 people at a small bourbon club or, you know, 350 people at a big bourbon society. Um, it, it's just whatever. Anytime I can get in front of people and, and talk about Wilderness Trail and bourbon, that's really the main goal of my job. Now, within that, I do a lot of other stuff, uh, a lot of project management with the distillery, uh, a lot of marketing and design work uh, as well. Uh, I'm fortunate that I get to drink a lot of Wilderness Trail too, because I got to stay up to date on our product and know, uh, you know, the different batches and how we're evolving as it gets older. And uh, really, you know, so it's, my job is just to to be an expert on Wilderness Trail and to be able to convey that uh, to people up and down the line. Whether you're a layman uh, just getting into bourbon, or you're the most, uh, you know, hardcore bourbon nerd uh, that wants to know the most, you know, detailed. You know, you know, think about what we do. My job is to have something for you and to help, uh, yeah, to help make it fun and educational for you. Sure, and and a little quality control mixed in there too. So that's never a bad thing. <laughs> a lot of quality control, Sam. We we do a lot of that for sure. Yes, indeed. That's that's an important role, and it is a, a notable perk too. Now, uh, as we said, the history of Wilderness Trail, Jared, dates back to uh, 2012 when it was launched by co-founders. Shane Baker and also Patrick Heiss. So talk a little bit about the the background of these gentlemen and describe what ultimately inspired the establishment of the distillery. Heck yeah, man. Uh, uh, Shane and Pat, uh, they're, they're two great guys to work for and I love talking about them. And, and they're our co-founders. They're the heart and soul of the distillery. Uh, and they started off uh, before they became business partners. They started off as uh, as kind of as, as friends, as bandmates uh, in a band uh, called Fulcrum. They weren't a very good band, you know. We don't sell their their CD in the gift shop or anything oh, like I that. I had my hopes up, Jared. <laughs> but they uh, they're uh, uh, they're they're two really good friends that that uh, got into this, uh, you know, making music together. Uh, and just kind of as they they grew a little bit older and got to the careers, they realized they had kind of two really good skill sets. Shane is a mechanical engineer, uh, so he's kind of all about the process side of things. And Pat is a uh, molecular biologist, uh, so he's a microbiologist. So he's all about the kind of the, the living side of things. Gotcha. Uh, yeah, yeah, and and whatever they you know were kind of talking about maybe going into business together. 
Uh, this was really before the big bourbon boom had happened. Uh, so at that time, it was really more about maybe starting a business to help fuel ethanol customers. Uh, fuel ethanol had recently been mandated to be 10% of every gallon of gas that you buy here in the United States. Uh, so there was a whole lot of demand for that, but not a lot of know-how in the industry. Uh, so they started off doing some consulting uh, with the company called Firm Solutions that they started back in 2006. Uh, so the, and the two co-owners of that, just those two guys, Pat and Shane, uh, started off you know, consulting, helping people in the process. That led into offering some laboratory services. Uh, so we still do that for a lot of customers, but uh, the laboratory analysis, you know, allows us to really take that deep dive into that fermentation, those biological processes that are going on at distilleries, you know, be it a beverage alcohol, a bourbon distillery, or a fuel ethanol distillery that's going to end up, you know, in your gas tank. Uh, that fermentation process is basically the, the same. Uh, so, so doing that consulting, doing that lab work, that then led into some product development. So we saw the need for some really high quality yeast strains out there. Uh, so we've developed a very large yeast business where we supply uh, yeast to, to many members of the industry, be it uh, bourbon, fuel ethanol, uh, seltzer makers. Uh, you know, really there's a, there's a whole range of industries out there that use yeast. Uh, so we supply them with that too. So Same. Firm Solutions, uh, yeah, re really had a great background in working with other distilleries before Pat and Shane kind of decided to start Wilderness Trail on their own. Uh, so any kind, anytime you're kind of doing something for other people and you're getting really good at it, uh, you kind of want to, you know, maybe take take your hand at trying it yourself. So that was that was these guys. Uh, decided, to, yeah, yeah, decided <laughs> you know decided to start a small craft distillery. Uh, we knew we was going to make some good Kentucky bourbon. Uh, you know, I'm a I'm a huge bourbon fan. I've been a bourbon drinker since before I was supposed to be drinking bourbon. <laughs> uh, you, know, you know how that goes. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. yeah, I've been in college. <laughs> right yeah yeah well, I, I was a big kid and uh you know even in high school i was at field parties everybody's drinking you know keg beer and i had my maker's mark sipping on it you know thinking i was so cool our that little secret jared right absolutely absolutely <laughs> sure no no condone it now for sure it was a different time back then sure but, uh, sure yeah but but been a, been a bourbon fan for a long time i was a history major there throughout college been a history teacher uh so the you know the history of, of kentucky and the history of bourbon really go hand in hand as well uh, oh, so so we talk, yeah, we talk about a lot. Shane has a large background in bourbon, his family background. His grandma used to work uh, at the Stitzel Weller Distillery under uh, Julian II there. Uh, he's had other family members work at the Kentucky River Distillery over the years. Uh, just uh, so he's got like this old bourbon collection that, that's really nice. So we would just, you know, just talk bourbon during our breaks uh, uh, working. And as the bourbon boom kind of started to grow and people kind of started to get more and more into it, Shane kind of realized, you know, more about his family history and, and all that good stuff he had. There was kind of that talk of maybe, hey, let's start a small craft distillery to kind of go along with what Firm Solutions does. Uh, and that's where Wilderness Trail was uh, was was started. So back yes. in 2012, yeah, yeah <laughs> and, the re <laughs> and the rest is history. That's still being made, actually. So since its 2012 inception, uh, Jared Wilderness Trail has seen a considerable amount of expansion, like we mentioned. So discuss, if you would, the manner in which the distillery has grown and evolved over the past decade or so. Yeah, it's it's a it's a great question because my answer kind of really parallels how the bourbon industry has grown over the last ten to fifteen years. Uh, so with Wilderness Trail, we started off, you know, very very small. 
uh, doing one barrel a day on a 250 gallon, you know, copper Vendome pot. Uh, and that wasn't even every day because, you know, some days you had to, uh, had to do some maintenance or you had to make sure that, uh, uh yes, some extra, to, to extra grain, uh, ground up for that week or whatever. Uh, so we were making, you know, about four, four or so barrels a week, uh, at our startup. Uh, and that's, was really the plan all along was just to stay this craft distillery. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, you know, there, at, at that time, there wasn't a vision of, of being where we are now. Uh, but as we kind of went through 2012, 2013, uh, 2014, uh, you know, making, making whiskey, seeing where the market was, seeing how our whiskey was evolving and how dang good it was getting in the barrel already, uh, you know, we, we decided to take on some expansion. Uh, at that time, it was a really great time in bourbon uh, in that there was a whole lot of people uh, still needing a lot of contract production whiskey, uh, and there wasn't a lot out there. You know, Willow's Trail, we've always made our own whiskey from the start, never sourced a single barrel from anybody. We've made our uh, our own whiskey from day one. Uh, but we saw an opportunity where we could make whiskey for other people uh, as well as make it for ourselves and take that money they pay us up front and use that to to expand our distillery without taking on a lot of debt. Uh, so that's kind of what happened. So in, in 2014, we bought some property outside of Danville. Should mention that we started up in downtown Danville, uh, where we still have our firm solutions location. So that was kind of our original starting point down there on Roy Arnold Boulevard. Uh-huh. Uh, in 2016, though, we bought the Grimes Farm. This is beautiful, beautiful farm uh, about a mile outside of town. It's on uh, on the actual Wilderness Trail. I mean, uh, the, the the road that Daniel Boone, you know, helped blaze. Uh, you know, from Eastern Kentucky, you know, to the bluegrass literally runs across our property. So, you know, it's, it's, we take our name really serious and it's kind of cool that you have that with it. Uh, Absolutely. But we, <laughs> yeah, but we brought, bought that property and was able to uh, expand about and buy bigger steel uh, by doing some of that contract production. So about, uh, uh, about half of what we make, we sell that upfront to other distillers who pay for that upfront. Uh, and we'll age that for them, put it in a barrel, put it in our rickhouse. Uh, and that gives us that day-to-day operating cost uh, where we're not having to take on a lot of debt uh, or, or any kind of venture capital uh, for, you know, for that amount, too. Uh, Pat and Shane are still co-owners of the company. They're 100% owners. Uh, there's nobody else involved. And they started this thing from scratch. And they're not you know, too, too rich guys. They don't come from old money or anything like that. So it was a really great time for that to happen because now you really couldn't do that. There, there's enough production out there that'd be hard to start a distillery our size with that kind of model. Uh, so, so it was just really that perfect, perfect point in time to do so. Uh, so we started up um, in 2016 with a column steel, switched from that pot steel, started doing 12 uh, barrels a day, then added a second shift, went to 24 barrels a day. Uh, and then we decided to really kind of go big, big time. So we added a second steel, a much larger column steel, a 36 inch. Uh, that let us start producing about 215, 225 barrels a day. Uh, so that put us up there at the time, about the 14th, 15th largest uh, whiskey distillery in America. Uh, all kind of growing from doing that one barrel a day to, to just boom, to, to being that large, uh, yeah. which, was, which was really nice. Uh, and, and we've grown from since then. You know, I mentioned we, we've added that second steel in 2018. Uh, in 2019, we bought some property across the street from us. Uh, so now we have about 300 in uh, 50 acres, uh, we were building our 10th rick house, so we can age everything on site. Uh, we are really a, a have evolved into a full service, modern, large Kentucky distillery. Uh, it's it's been really crazy the timeline that has happened over the last uh, 10 years, uh, but 
it, it's happened really organically and not uh, at, a, at a unsustainable amount of growth. You know, it's nothing where we've had to ever lose sight of any kind of quality control we've had uh, or anything like that. It's been a, a very controlled expansion uh, and one that's now kind of put us up there to the big leagues, not only with how much we make, uh, but with our flavor too. Uh, we've really got a great brand and a really, really great taste of product that we've been able to build uh, from scratch. Uh, and a lot of that is, you know, being right in the middle of the bluegrass there in Ball County in Danville uh, and having access to all the great stuff that makes bourbon so awesome. Now, uh, many folks may not be aware, Jared, that Wilderness Trail is now a heritage member of the Kentucky Distillers Association, or KDA. So uh, why don't you tell us how the distillery earned its heritage distinction and explain what makes that so significant? Sure, sure. So yeah, so the Kentucky Distillers Association uh, is our, uh, I guess, our trade our trade group. You know, it's uh, it's all of the, the distillers of Kentucky belong to that. And that way we get one voice we get to unify with. Uh, so it's really an honor to be a part of such a uh, storied uh, institution as the KDA. Uh, and then jumping up to the heritage level has been a big deal. So we started off as a craft member, uh, and that's a member that's making just, you know, just a, a barrel, a couple barrels a month. You know, you can be super, super small and, and be that craft because that's what craft is. You know, we we kind of take craft seriously. Uh, a lot of us do in the bourbon world. You know, it's not just throwing that craft label on something uh, that's, that's getting made by the tens of thousands of barrels. You know, it's really those, those, those small batch handcrafted stuff uh, that we pride ourselves on. Sure. Uh, so, yeah. So, so, so a lot of distilleries out there, uh, you know, making that 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 barrel a week even, uh, that's going to be your craft. Well, that's where we started at, doing, doing three or four barrels a week. We were a uh, craft-level distillery. Uh, but then once we went through all of our expansion, added uh, our different steels, got up to now where, you know, we are uh, a top 15 whiskey producer in America, uh, we leveled up to that heritage membership level. Uh, and it's very, very significant for us because – that is where the big boys play. We are on the same level as, uh, you know, Jim Beam, as Heaven Hill, as Old Forster. Uh, that lets us be on the bourbon trail, uh, not on any kind of offshoot of the Kentucky bourbon trail, but the world famous Kentucky bourbon trail, period, full stop. Yeah, you're uh, an elite I mean, company now. <laughs> very, very elite company. Uh, it, it's something that, you know, with Kentucky bourbon being such a, you know, historic, traditional brand in itself, you know, as, as that umbrella brand. Uh, to be able to be a part of it with with all of these storied producers, uh, with uh, you know you know most have decades, uh, some you know have have hundreds of years of experience and in, in history behind them, and for us to be able to be accepted as peers of theirs uh, is is just an honor that uh, that we kind of pinch ourselves still every day thinking about uh, you know that uh, that you know Shane Baker, our master stiller. Uh, you know, he held as much clout as, as anyone else. You know, he talks uh, with master distillers at other distilleries. Uh, they're discussing their problems. They're going over things. Uh, it's really uh, uh, that peer-to-peer -peer level with with the legends now that, that kind of, uh, as employees, kind of gives us our bona fides uh, and everything. But as a brand, though, lets the customer know that, hey, we're here to stay. You know, we, we have built this brand. We've invested in this brand. Uh, it's not a fly-by-night, take advantage of the bourbon boom. Uh, we want to be here uh, for the next hundred plus years uh, of the bourbon trail. Yeah, we're committed to this <laughs> for sure. Absolutely, that's, that's the message you're you're sending. Now, what's the minimum number of of barrels that that you need to produce in order to be a heritage member? 
Uh, I think at the moment uh, it is over uh, seventy five thousand per year. Oh, gotcha. So if you're, you know, if you're producing at least seventy five thousand, man, you're you're doing something right. You're well over that. Yeah, you're, crank, you're cranking out some whiskey for sure. You are cranking out some whiskey. So, yeah, uh, quite an honor for Wilderness Trail to be in that uh, that heritage category. Now, uh, despite an abundance of whiskey being produced across the Commonwealth and beyond, uh, Wilderness Trail's craveable concoctions certainly seem to be in a league of their own. So uh, take us through, Jared, the unique characteristics and I think you've touched on some of them but let's expand even more on the characteristics that uh, set wilderness trails whiskey apart from other distilled whiskeys yeah absolutely uh and first let me kind of put the kind of caveat out there is that, that you know we make uh straight bourbon whiskey and we make straight rye whiskey so those two uh styles of whiskey have very uh have a very lengthy and serious uh, requirements to be called straight rye or straight bourbon whiskey. Uh, oh, yeah. You have to, yeah, you have to meet all kinds of federal requirements to do so. Uh, so it's something that that we really kind of take uh, an honor in doing so, but also it, it's it's something that protects the brand of bourbon and, and rye uh, from kind of going downhill, right? So you have to follow these certain certain requirements. Kind of think of it as NASCAR. So everybody has to follow these certain rules, but within these certain rules, that's where you're able to really kind of kind of make your, your your the flavor style, the house style of your brand stand out. Uh, so it's really about the nuances when it comes down to it. You know, still using that NASCAR analogy, it might be uh, a couple of psi in the left front tire, a couple of degrees of uh, of uh, you know wedge on on the spoiler back there, or something like that for your aerodynamics that sets you apart from the rest of the field. If Dale uh, Jr.'s listening, I know he's grinning from ear to ear right now. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Yeah, so so with whiskey, you know, we, we've got kind of the, the same, same initial requirements to start out with, but what's going to make it your own is everything kind of adding up. Uh, there's not just one small thing. It's not just the water we use or the grain that we use. It's really a sum of, of all of its parts. Uh, to kind of use that cliche of uh, you're, you're only as strong as your weakest link, uh, that is very, very true in bourbon. Uh, whatever your weakest link is will come through as a fault and really set you apart. Uh, so, so one thing that that really kind of keeps us in, in that that upper echelon of bourbon, you know, in that league up there, uh, is that high quality quality control uh, from from top to bottom. Uh, it starts with the grains. Our grains are local grains. Uh, we like that because you know it kind of gives that local terroir to to the whiskey. Mm. Uh, you know. Bourbon's always been a, a very much an agricultural product, right? Uh, so you're getting the lo local grains. You know, it's more true to to you know how it would have been done a century ago because you wouldn't have been you know trucking the stuff all over the country or whatever. Uh, it's great for that local aspect, but also it's great for quality control. You know, I mentioned that uh, we do analysis, you know, through our firm solutions uh, sister company for other distilleries and stuff like that. That lets us bring these grains in and, and analyze them ourselves. I'll have to rely on the farmer to send the grains in. Um, you know, not saying he's going to send the, the worst stuff in, but he's going to cherry pick and make sure he sends, you know, you know some really, really good samples uh, in for us. The cream uh, of the so, crop. <laughs> cream of the crop, that's right. It's that quality control from the grains, uh, getting local water, that, uh, you know, that limestone filter spring water, uh, which we don't have a spring on site. So we truck ours in from a, a place that a lot of central Kentuckians will be familiar with, uh, a place called Highbridge Springs. Uh, I've heard of that. that. 
Right. Yeah. Yeah. So some really, really good water that comes from a former limestone mine. So it's traveling through just just hundreds of feet of limestone, uh, just soaking up all those good minerals, getting rid of that iron and stuff like that. Um, what we make it on, you know, the, the equipment, the copper, you know, uh, the style that's made on, uh, how that's done, that adds up. The yeast that we used, uh, the yeast that's going to eat that, you know, sugar from the grains and turn that into alcohol. Uh, the barrels, you know, the kind of wood that it goes into, and then where we put the barrels into the rickhouse and our local, you know, kind of climate, all of that that does add up. Uh, so for us, just to 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 demand that premium level of quality, every single uh, aspect of that process is kind of what what does keep us apart. You know, we we aren't limited by bean counters anywhere. We're lucky that we were able to grow up in the bourbon boom. Uh, where you know we're, we're not having to uh, worry about uh, cost being the the major option. You know, flavor is the major factor for us when it comes to to doing what we do. Uh, so yeah, so it's really just just a, a little bit of everything uh, that know how uh, that fermentation uh, expertise. You know, helping all these other distilleries fix their problems gives us a lot of. Uh, a, a whole lot of experience without having to go through those problems ourselves. You know, you're able to learn from other people's screw ups and take those principles and apply it to your own distillery. There you go. Uh, so you don't make the same mistakes they make. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So, so all, all of that being said, uh, I do think then what does kind of separate us as a younger distillery, being able to keep this high level of quality and this high level of flavor out there at, at a really good price uh, is our sweet match process. Uh, so we do a sweet mash versus sour mash, uh, meaning that we start every fermentation from scratch, fresh water, fresh grains, fresh yeast every single time. Uh, so we don't use any backset or any older acidic mash that we use to restart the fermentation. Uh, so it does give us a lot of fresh flavor. Uh, it actually makes you more susceptible to bacterial contamination because you're not as acidic to help control bacteria growth. That also keeps us uh, a little bit more uh, on, to, on our toes with the quality control. You know, we're having to monitor those fermentations uh, a lot more often. And lucky for us, we've got a laboratory on site where we can do that. Uh, so it, it's really about doing things the way that we need to do it to get the most flavor. It's not because it's the hardest way to do things, which is kind of cool, you know, because you get to brag we are doing it this hardest way and still able to keep this high level quality. Right. Uh, but 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 we're doing it, you know, the way that gives us the best flavor. So So sweet mash plus everything else. Uh, you get Wilderness Trail. That's really a super premium bourbon uh, that we've priced in that that mid tier market. Uh, it's a you know it's a bourbon that at a four or five six years old drinks like most other brands you know seven eight nine ten twelve years old uh, just you know from that kind of quality control top to bottom. See, so from the sweet mash to all other premium ingredients, including premium water, you know, it, it all makes a difference, and it creates a a second to none product there from uh, from Wilderness Trail. Now, when highlighting the uh, sippable sensations that have become synonymous with Wilderness Trail, I think it's only appropriate to begin with the uh, popular varieties of bourbon whiskey produced on site. And we'll get to the, uh, the rye whiskey and your uh, great vodka here shortly. But for right now, why don't you give us a snapshot of these... Uh, delicious bourbon whiskey dandies along with their uh, distinctive features, Jared. Oh yeah, I'd, I'd love to, I'd love to. So so we make, uh, I guess the two most popular styles of, of bourbon uh, and that is gonna be your weeded bourbon and your rye bourbon. 
Uh, and I'm saying that, you know, just to kind of clue anybody that doesn't know, you know, bourbon does have to be at least 51% corn. Uh, the other 40, other 49% can be any other cereal grain out there. So you could use quinoa, you could use rice, all kinds of stuff, as long as it is a cereal grain. Uh, it's probably not going to taste very good, though, if you, if you do that. No. Uh, uh, kind of over the years, through the process, uh, trial and error, what, what we like, uh, what's great about, you know, having this industry, you know, being hundreds of years old. Uh, we've been kind of able to narrow that down to to really two big recipes, and that's going to be your corn, rye, and barley, and corn, wheat, and barley. Uh, and that's going to be what what 99.9% of your bourbon is going to be made of out, out there. Uh, some other folks might use something exotic. They might do a four-grain bourbon with you know, rye and wheat and barley and corn, all of that together. Uh, but for the most part, it'll be that, that wheated or that rye bourbon. Uh, within those two, uh, that rye bourbon is probably going to account for about 95% of the bourbon production being made. <laughs> with the uh, other five being wheat. <laughs> with the other five being wheat, absolutely, yeah. And this, uh, you know, kind of to lean back on my, my NASCAR uh, analogy earlier, uh, this is kind of where we can get back into that with, uh, you, know, you know, every bourbon's got to be at least 51% corn, but how much rye you use versus how much barley you use and how much corn you use, that's going to be a, a definitely a big way to, to get your flavor. Uh, so for us, uh, our recipes, which we're very transparent with our recipes, uh, they're going to be 64% corn, 24% wheat, or 24% rye, depending on the recipe, and then 12% malted barley. Uh, so what that does is give us plenty of corn for, uh, for those carbohydrates, get those sugars out there. That's what's going to be turned into alcohol. Uh, we're only at 64% corn, whereas a lot of brands are in their 70s or 80s percent on their corn. Uh, because corn is the cheapest cheapest grain out there, uh, so you're right. So so we're that uh, much lower at that 64% uh, in the 24% wheat. So we got a lot of the small grain, 12% of the barley, uh, a lot of the small grain in there for that flavor. Uh, so that really does let that flavor kind of come through. Let's uh, let's you know the corn help with uh, some of the sweetness, produce a lot of that alcohol, but the, a lot of the good flavor then will come from uh, that large amount of the small grains. Same thing with the rye. Uh, the rye is going to be at that 24% as well, 12% barley, so really allow for a lot of flavor. Uh, we call that a high rye recipe, that 24%, uh, because most of your standard bourbons, your traditional Kentucky bourbons, uh, are anywhere from 5 or 6% to maybe 15% rye would be the highest that you would see. Uh, so 24% traditionally is a very high rye mash bill to have in that bourbon. Uh, there's a lot more being made now. Uh, with a lot of lot more rye in there, uh, that's why we call it the high rye. The weeded mash bill, uh, that wheat uh, is going to uh, give you some good flavors. Uh, you know, the, the weeded bourbons are, are popular right now, right? With your Maker's Mark, and everybody wants the Pappies and the Wellers and oh, stuff yeah. like that, right? Uh, so, so, so everybody wants to try the try a weeder. Um, so, if you got to really kind of put them in two categories, which is really kind of hard to do because Every barrel is different, right? So, so it's really kind of hard to stereotype with bourbons, even from different distilleries. You know, like a, a weeded bourbon might be a little bit spicier or something from from a, another one. But, but to stereotype it though, usually your weeded bourbon is going to be uh, a little bit sweeter, a little bit softer, more kind of buttery in flavor. Uh, it's going to take a little bit longer to age uh, to pick up some of those those more complex uh, esters and, and, and phenol compounds that uh, that's going to give it that good flavor. Uh, your rye bourbons are going to have a little bit more of that spice, you know, kind of thinking about a, a wheat bread versus a rye bread. 
Uh, it's going to be a little bit spicier, have a little bit more flavor, uh, a lot more dynamic uh, notes to it that you'll be able to pick up. Uh, and for the most part, it will age a little bit quicker, meaning that usually that your that your rye bourbons will uh, start to taste good at a younger age. Um, now that is kind of the stereotype. Uh, I want to say that I don't like those stereotypes, man. That they they might be fifty one percent true, you know, so just barely enough to kind of use as a rule of thumb or something. There's always uh, exceptions, right? <laughs> absolutely, and and through different brands, through different years barrels batches uh you know whatever uh all of that changes you know i think our weeded bourbon uh definitely has a little bit more of a peppery kind of a, a wood spice to it uh than our high rye bourbon which uh, can be a little bit sweeter uh, a little bit more savory sometimes have more of those dark fruits and chocolate notes uh, so yeah it's it's really interesting uh that's kind of the great thing about doing stuff on the small level like we still do you know we we still make everything either single barrel or small batch we're not doing large batches of, of thousands or tens of thousands of barrels our largest batch is, is 20 barrels at a time so it's letting us really still see those nuances uh, even though you're using the same recipe same yeast strain same grains uh it's on the same property coming from same rick houses uh, the barrels also have a lot of influence themselves too, so it's uh, it's really neat to see to, to see that uh, even through the different uh, different varieties of bourbon that we make. Indeed. Now, I hope you folks are taking notes because there will be a quiz on this at the end of the show. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good, good information though. But you've got wheat bourbon, you've got white rye bourbon, and uh, in addition, you uh, you know, you also produce other rye whiskey uh, there at Wilderness Trail too, correct? Yeah. So we also make our uh, our our Kentucky straight rye whiskey there too. So rye whiskey. Uh, being a straight rye whiskey, will have to follow all the requirements that a bourbon does, except for the recipe part. So where it is a rye whiskey, it's got to be at least 51% rye. All the other uh, high high standards have to apply to it as far as aging, but the distillation process and no additives and stuff like that. Uh, a lot of rye out there uh, in today's market uh, is a 95% rye. Um, we make our rye with just 56% rye. Uh, so we do a 56% rye, 33% corn, 11% malted barley on our recipe. Uh, and that really gives the room for a lot of uh, those flavors I talked about earlier, those dynamic flavors of that rye to expand and to really get out there. Um, a lot of these ryes that are 95% rye, which are, are delicious, can be great, uh, sometimes can be overpowering or be like a, like a one-trick pony. Uh, it can really have too much uh, spice or too much uh, pepper forward on it. Uh, so having that that more of that Kentucky style, that lower amount of rye in there, uh, higher amount of corn, really lets our rye whiskey kind of shine. And it has taken the market by storm. Uh, we are still pride ourselves as you know bourbon distillers. That's kind of where we are at heart. That's what we think of ourselves as as bourbon distillers being here in Kentucky. Sure. Uh, but our rye is. Um, it's comparable with anybody's rye at any age right now. You know, our, our bourbon, the oldest bourbon we got is eight years old. It's delicious. We'll put it up against most anything, but we know that we still got some some aging uh, to go on our stuff. Uh, the rye whiskey, though, is is you know on that level uh, as anything else right now. Uh, it, it is so dang good. Um, a big part of that is kind of our low barrel entry proof. Uh, you know, the maximum that you can go into a barrel, the maximum proof is 125 proof. On our rye whiskey, we only go into the barrel at 100 proof. 
so you're we're actually watering it down a lot, but it's not watering it down trying to save money because it's actually more expensive. You know, the more more you water it down, lower the proof, the more volume you have and the more barrels you need. And barrels are expensive. They're the number one expense that, that we have. Uh, so so having having that extra water in there actually allows for more flavor extraction from that wood. Uh, think about that alcohol as being kind of a flavor uh, preservative, you know, preserving some of the compounds in there. Uh, we need that water to help break down some of those organic compounds that can then interact with the alcohol uh, to form uh, these wonderful esters that we get to give us these great, great flavors. Um, so, yeah, our rye whiskey, um, you know, everything we do is at least four years old. We'll be coming out with the six-year-old rye this year. Uh, and we just can't wait to see what everybody thinks of it. Uh, it is something that we are so proud of and, and really can't wait to get on the market. In addition to all this whiskey, and it, as if that weren't enough, another notable claim to fame from Wilderness Trail Distillery is that uh, incomparable Blue Heron Vodka. So explain what has made Blue Heron such a huge hit among your valued patrons there, Mr. Smith. Yeah, yeah, blue hair, and it, it really has a cult following. It's uh, it's been uh, amazing. Uh, so blue hair is the vodka that we started making uh, at the same time we started making bourbon back in 2012. Um, you know, like a lot of new startup distilleries, you know, it takes a, a while to age your product. So if you're not buying product from other places, you're probably going to make some vodka, some gin, and some rum uh, just to have in your gift shop, just something for people that come to a tour to be able to taste and kind of get a sense of what you can do. Uh, that was us with the vodka. Uh, we chose vodka because it's really, um, it's hard to differentiate yourself in vodka. You know, most vodka tastes the same, whether people want to admit it or not. Uh, most vodkas come from the same, uh, you know, six or seven distilleries in America. Uh, vodka starts off as 190 proof, almost pure alcohol. Uh, so you lose all, almost all your flavor right off the bat. Uh, you know, after that, you're going to add water to it, bring it down to 80 proof, and then filter the heck out of it. So it's really just ethanol, a little bit of tiny grain oil flavor, and then you're tasting a lot of what you get from the water. You know, that's uh, that's that's kind of vodka for you. So we wanted to do things a, a little different with ours. So being a sweet mash, that was one. Uh, Number two, with our blue heron, we made it, uh, I should say a lot of vodkas are made from single ingredients, be it corn, uh, like Tito's, be it wheat, like Grey Goose, uh, be it uh, bison grass or uh, you know, potatoes, uh, whatever. It's usually just one type of uh, ingredient. Uh, we used our weeded bourbon mash bill. So, so it's kind of three ingredients in there. The same, the same recipe that we use to make our bourbon uh, we use that kind of as the base to make the vodka. Uh, so we use it that recipe, uh, distill that up to 190 proof, and then we'd add that spring water to it, bring it down to 80 proof, and bottle it. The big step that we did not do was filtering it. Uh, most vodkas, that's where they get their 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 lack of flavor, their you know their smoothness, you know quote. Uh, is from that filtering. How many times they filter it? You know, most brands brag about it. You know, this is seven times filtered. This is platinum filtered. This is you know twelve times diamond filtered. Uh, just take a look at the vodka aisle sometime. You know, uh, ours was unfiltered. We didn't feel like it had a fault that needed to be filtered out, but also it had some of that uh, that wonderful grain oil kind of flavor. Uh, so so it had a, just a little bit of oomph to it, a little bit of, of, of sauce to it. We'll, we'll call it. 
Yeah. Uh, so yeah, yeah. So that's what made it so popular. You know, having something that's a, that was a vodka that was you know near odorless, near tasteless, uh, but also you know had a little bit of flavor, uh, uh, a really nice mouthfeel. Uh, uh, you know, it's kind of it's a thick, oily vodka. That sounds kind of weird, but you know, if you're doing a shot or making a cocktail, uh, that viscosity of it does kind of make a make a difference. And so yeah, but it's been something that you know we sell a lot of it out of our gift shop. Uh, we don't try to compete with other vodka brands on the shelves and stores. You just can't. Um, uh, it is not cost effective for us to make Blue Heron vodka, uh, you know, because we're not making it by the hundreds of thousands of gallons like, you know, like the big brands are. Uh, it's made on the pot still. So it's, it's made, you know, you know, super small batches at a time. Um, uh, but, yeah, it's something that definitely has uh, made a name for itself. Uh, and it's something we'll, we'll continue to provide for our customers. It's something was uh uh, you know, one of our first products, and we're very proud of it. Absolutely, and in large part because it's not filtered. There is such a thing as over-filtering, isn't there? <laughs> a- absolutely, absolutely. I mean, you you want to have some uh, some identifiable features. You know, uh, again, most vodkas, they just strive to be as bland as they can be, and that is the goal. Uh, you know, we wanted something that would still taste like vodka, but, you know, kind of have our mark on it. You know, why, why make something that's going to taste like everybody else's, you know, do what you do best. Yeah. And that's what we did. Yeah. Be, be unique. Now, uh, just out of curiosity, Jared, I got to know with you being such a, a connoisseur of uh, bourbon and, and rye whiskey and, and, and vodka and all points in between, do you, do you normally drink that stuff straight or do you mix it with something? So I like all types of drinks. Um, you know, I, I mostly drink my bourbon straight, drink it neat. Uh-huh. Uh, room temperature, that's how I drink 99% of my bourbon. Uh, I, I like it in cocktails too, you know, nothing wrong with that. Uh, I, I do enjoy a cocktail from time to time, but usually when I'm out somewhere, um, you know, if I know the bartender or I'm somewhere that, uh, you know, that I want to try our bourbon or rye in a certain recipe something like that but uh but yeah you know so nothing against the cocktail nothing against anything like that i just prefer my bourbon neat i like i like the way whiskey tastes i like to be able to uh to really chew on it and get down to those nuances of it um for sure you know, you could even mix it with a little coke sprite diet absolutely whatever floats your boats but. there's there's no wrong way to drink it it's however you like it you know jimmy russell loves his with uh with seven up you know, he likes seven up and wild turkey. And, ah. and I'm not telling I'm not telling Jimmy Russell he's doing that wrong. You know, no, exactly. <laughs> Jimmy likes what Jimmy likes. Absolutely. So, Absolutely. <laughs> there you go. And a lot of people, uh, a lot of people like the vodka and Sprite combination, too, I've noticed. So yeah. now switching gears a little bit here, Jared, between 9 a.m. And, and 5 p.m. each Tuesday through Saturday, we can see. For ourselves, how this one-of-a-kind whiskey and uh, also vodka is being produced by touring the Wilderness Trail Distillery. So kind of give us an overview of the the insight we can gain through a tour and tell us how we can schedule one. So when you come to Wilderness Trail, of course, you get uh, the great history of bourbon and the great history of Wilderness Trail. Uh, but you get to go visit the open air fermenters. Uh, you know, you're able to, to stick your face in there, smell them. Uh, you go and and look at the, uh, the 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 mash being distilled. You get to watch it right there in the stills. Look at it come through the doubler. You're going to drink that new make or that white dog whiskey right off the still. So that clear stuff before it even becomes bourbon goes in the barrel, comes off the still at 137 proof. You know, it's it's coming off there high test for sure. 
uh, we let you try that. So you can see how it tastes as a raw product before it evolves into its final form. Um, from there, you're going to see how it's barreled and talk about uh, the, the importance of the, the barreling process and the barrel to the whiskey. And then go down to the rickhouse and tour the rickhouse and see the different positions, uh, locations, and just the design and construction of how that rickhouse is made. Uh, so you really get that, that full spectrum of the, the bourbon uh, making industry, you know, how it is from start to finish. Uh, we don't sugarcoat anything. Uh, we don't lie about anything. It's not so much as a wilderness trail product promotional tour as it is a bourbon educational tour. Uh, that's something we're very, very proud to be with that. Uh, we let the product kind of sell itself on the tasting. And that's really the best part of the tour is at the end when you get to do the taste. Yeah, uh, you, <laughs> the taste test, shall we say. Right, right. You get back to the gift shop. You get to try uh, our flagship products, the weeded bourbon, the high rye bourbon, uh, the rye whiskey. Uh, you'll get to try whatever kind of you know special barrel pick that we have in the gift shop at that time. Uh, if we have some of our limited edition bourbon, like the six-year or the eight-year-old bourbon, you'll get to try some of that too. So we really uh, want the visitor to to you know be able to come there, learn about it, but then drink it at the end. You know, putting that in your mouth and tasting it. Uh, that's that's the best way to literally absorb that knowledge. You know, you're taking it in your body, everything you have learned and and what has made that up to this point. Now you're able to ingest it and see what the end product is, and it's uh, it's just a really great story. It's a great show. It's a great educational uh, time. See, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, so you're killing three birds with, with one stone there. You're learning more about whiskey. You're learning more about uh, wilderness trail products, and you're, you're tasting them at the, at the very end. Now, um, do you prefer that people book those in advance, or can I just walk up and request a tour? Yeah, so that's something that, that's really changed over the years, is now you do need to book them in advance. Uh, gotcha. used to, yeah, it used to be you could walk up any bourbon distillery and get a tour. Uh, you know, on-site, ad hoc, boom, let's do this. And, uh, and that, those days are long gone. Uh, so now you need to, to call ahead or visit our website, probably the best way for most people, uh, wilderness-trail-distillery.com. And you're able to book a tour that way through our, uh, our partnership with Any Road. Uh, so you're able to find a time. Uh, you're able to pay for it right then if you want to, or if you want to wait, you can pay for it when you come to the distillery. But this will reserve your spot. Uh, let's just know you're coming. Uh, let's just be prepared for you. Uh, um, you know, for us, even being a new brand, uh, just being on the bourbon trail, we are overrun every day with, uh, you know, with, with uh, you know, hundreds of people. Uh, so it's something that, that, yeah, if you want, if you want that full guided experience, definitely be prepared and make that reservation. So yeah, book in advance. That's the best way to uh, be ensured that, that you're going to get the tour at the time you want. I'm guessing those probably last, what, about an hour, hour and a half? Yeah, you're looking at around an hour for uh, for each tour. Okay, uh, all right. Yeah, so. <laughs> and, yeah and they're they're known to go longer too. You know, it's something that uh, you kind of take the take the temperature of the room, and, and sometimes you know your tour needs to get out of there and, and get on to their next spot. Other times, uh, they want to to sit there and, and learn more. And that's what's great is is having tour guys that are knowledgeable to be able to sit down with them for an extra twenty minutes. Uh, over the tasting part, uh, try some new stuff and, and talk about some stuff maybe they didn't get to cover on the tour. I was notorious sometimes back when I did tours for some of them lasting, you know, two to three hours because uh, <laughs> you, you, you just get in a group with someone and 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 you got a group and they really want to learn and you want to teach. And uh, it just makes a great, great partnership. 
Absolutely. So that's a good thing. You you know, you can generally be flexible depending on the, the group and the questions that they have and all that fun stuff. So <laughs> that's a, a definite perk. Now, uh, a wide array of souvenirs are readily available to Wilderness Trail visitors in its convenient gift shop. And um, we've touched a little bit on it already, but enlighten us on the... Uh, the goodies that we'll find on the shelves while uh, perusing the gift shop there, Jared. Yeah, so you, you'll find you know, some of your standard stuff. You'll find your your nice bourbon glasses. You'll find your Wilderness Trail t-shirts. Uh, you know, we've got some great locally made products. We've got some great coffee that's aged in some former Wilderness Trail bourbon barrels. It's so delicious. Uh, a local Danville roaster does that for us. Uh, we've got uh, some really, really cool, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, we've got some really, really cool uh, soaps made by some local makers, and I know you're not coming on the Bourbon Trail thinking about soap, but uh, but it's something you know, that 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 it's really really neat. The kind of the process behind it's very uh, very craft as well, making this handmade stuff. Yeah, and soap uh, is an essential too. <laughs> it's an essential. You need that for sure. <laughs> yes, uh, for sure. Uh, but the kind of my favorite thing that you'll find at the gift shop uh, is our limited releases. So like right now, the only place that you will get our eight year old bourbon. Uh, is in our gift shop. Uh, you know, we kept back uh, over half of our release uh, to sell through the gift shop to a, a reward folks that come visit us on site. You know, it's something we could have put out a whole lot more to the market, had stuff, you know, at different stores, be able to send out some of that limited release stuff to different states that we weren't able to. Uh, we didn't do that. Uh, we wanted to kind of reward the folks that come visit us, want to hear our story, see our home, uh, see where we make things. Uh, so we kept a whole lot of that that uh, more premium rare whiskey back for them. Uh, you'll you'll find some uh, wonderful barrel picks when you visit us that you can't get anywhere else. Uh, so not only do you get this great world class tour where you get this wonderful knowledge, uh, but you're able to get you know, this bourbon whiskey that you really can't get anywhere else out out there. Uh, Absolutely. Yeah. So if you want to try that eight year old, you need to bring it on into. Uh, the Wilderness Trail gift shop. Now, uh, just curious, do y'all do bourbon balls there at Wilderness Trail? We do. We absolutely do. Uh, I got some of the best bourbon balls out there. Yep. <laughs> there you go. So don't leave there without um, your uh, your share of those Wilderness Trail bourbon balls as well. Now, um, by now, many of our listeners are undoubtedly eager to uh, snag wilderness trail products and um, i'm sure they're planning a visit in the near future but perhaps they can't make it to uh, the distillery quite as quickly as they'd like so explain to us jared how these items may be purchased elsewhere in the meantime yeah yeah so uh, we are growing with our footprint across america we are now in uh, 44 different states uh, so most of your listeners should be able to go down to their local liquor store uh, and find Wilderness Trail. Uh, now, we're not in every single store. You know, we're not, uh, you know, the, the largest company out there. Uh, you know, we're, we're still a very small brand. I mentioned, you know, half of what we make, even though we make a lot, half of that is for other brands, other distilleries that buy that from us. So uh, there's not a whole lot of Wilderness Trail to go around. So we really focus on being in your uh you know, some of your, your better bourbon stores that are having more curated selection, stuff like that. Uh, so go down to your local store. If they don't have any Wilderness Trail, ask for it. Uh, the distributor will be able to get it and be able to get it quick for you. Uh, that'll be the, the easiest and cheapest way to get it. Now, if it's not available in your area uh, or you've got some kind of jerk store owner that doesn't want to order it for you, uh, you, can't get it, you can't get on our website at 
uh, wildernesstraildistillery.com and order it from there. Uh, we do promote that and I encourage people to do so, but uh, you know, I'm a bourbon drinker myself and I like to drink value and that does add some shipping costs to it, right? So it still makes it worth it, uh, but if you can get it local, that way you're not having to pay that shipping cost uh, and you can put that money towards your next bottle of Wilderness Trail for that. There you go. But it's good to know the uh, wildernesstraildistillery.com option is there and uh, you'll ship anywhere around the country, I assume. Yep. yep. Uh, anywhere that has reciprocity with Kentucky. I think there are 24 states right now that we can ship to. Okay. Yeah, that, that sounds about right. So reciprocity, if they have reciprocity with Kentucky, then uh, you can get Wilderness Trail products shipped to you. Now, uh, one last item of business here, Jared. I know that a wonderful way to uh, stay connected with Wilderness Trail Distillery is by joining the family tree program. So talk if you would about the most attractive perks of membership along with the process by which we can uh, become members. Uh, to become a member, get on our website, wildernesstraildistillery.com and you can sign up for the family tree program. Uh, you'll be able to get our, our newsletters that way, get in touch of uh, you know special goings on at the distilleries, stuff like that. The biggest perk, the most attractive perks of that is getting a heads up on our special releases. Um, that's that's going to be the big thing from that family tree program. Uh, we reward folks that, uh, you know, give us that loyalty, that, that want to sign up and want to, you know, stay in touch with us. Uh, we we re uh, reward them with kind of first crack at those uh, limited edition products. Uh, let them know when they're getting released first, where they can get them, uh, how they can reserve them, uh, things like that. We also do special events. Uh, certain times of the year, uh, you know, for Valentine's Day, for, uh, you know, for Halloween that we let our members come and be a part of. Uh, and as we're kind of getting back more towards normal out of COVID, uh, those will start popping back up again. And uh, being a family, uh, family tree member is going to be the best way to learn about all that and be a part of all that. See, so you can become a part of the uh, Wilderness Trail family and stay up to date with the new releases and special events and uh, about how often do those newsletters come out, Jared? Uh, at least monthly. Uh, we try to do one every two weeks or so just to keep folks in touch. Uh, it's a good newsletter. It's not something just uh, to, you know, hey, Bob Wilder's Trail, it's on sale this week. Uh, we, we have articles in there from our, uh, our co-founder, Pat Heist, who is Dr. Pat Heist. Uh, you know, he's one of the world's foremost fermentation experts. Uh, you know, he writes an article for that. Uh, you know, there's a lot of good information in there. Uh, it's, you know, we highlight, uh, you know, different things going on in, in not only our community, but the bourbon community. Uh, but yeah, it's just a, just kind of a cool, uh, cool community to be a part of in the family tree. There you go. So newsletters once, maybe twice a month and all sorts of other, you know, notable benefits. So make sure that you have become a part of the uh, family tree program by going on to uh, Wilderness Trail distillery.com well jared this has been so informative and uh, so much fun now uh last but not least in uh in 60 seconds or less don't worry you're not on a we're not going to hold you to that <laughs> if you go one or two seconds over we won't hold it against you but uh tell us why our stroll through the uh central kentucky bourbon scene uh just truly will not be complete without a visit to the Wilderness Trail Distillery. Yeah, if you don't visit Wilderness Trail Distillery, you're not getting the modern image of Kentucky bourbon. 
we make traditional Kentucky bourbon in a very traditional way, but at a modern facility using modern scientific methods that we are very passionate about and very transparent about and want to teach each other, uh, all of our, our guests and visitors about. So if you don't get to come visit us, you miss some of the best whiskey in Kentucky and you miss the best tour in Kentucky as well. And you miss Jared. <laughs> and you miss me. You miss me there. And there let me give go. a let me give a plug in for our distillery cat Cooper. Uh, he's probably the best distillery cat out there. Uh, he's Cooper. the sweetest little guy ever. So you get to see Cooper too. And that's uh, that's a huge huge perk of visiting us. See, and Cooper needs loving just like everybody else. So you can go in there and bond with Cooper. And uh, if you happen to catch Jared there when he's not out and about and uh, traveling in uh, various locations, uh, he'll sign you an autograph at a relatively reasonable price, won't you, Jared? That's right. You buy you buy a bottle, the autograph is free. There you go. Free with a bottle. I like it. So <laughs> heck of a deal. You can't beat that. Now, as you mentioned, you're on the outskirts of Danville now. Uh, why don't you... Uh, Give our listeners the address and uh, tell us where we can find you. Yeah, so you'll find us at 4095 Lebanon Road. Uh, so that's just right outside of Danville. Uh, it's funny if you're going, you know, once you get closer to Lebanon, it becomes Danville Road, right? Uh, but we're right <laughs> yes. out there. Uh, you're right out there on the Wilderness Trail outside of Danville, which is, uh, you know, the first city in Kentucky, the city of first, a very historic city, uh, just a great, beautiful place. It's the heart of the bluegrass. Uh, when, when you come out and visit us, uh, you, you won't regret it. You really get the, one of the crown jewels of Central Kentucky, uh, you know, right there. Yes, indeed. It is truly the heart of the bluegrass, and you can stop in and take tours, as we mentioned, Tuesday through Saturday from um, 9 to 5. And why don't let's give them that phone number, Jared. Yeah, that's going to be 859 859- Four zero two eight seven zero seven. Just give us a call. Get online any way you want to make a reservation or ask a question. Uh, just just holler at us. That's why they're there. And as we've mentioned multiple times, WildernessTrailDistillery.com is the website. I'll link you all to that in my show notes as well. You can also find them on the <laughs> most, if not all, of the social media outlets that are out there now, including Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube. Am I leaving any out there, Jared? No, I don't think you got them all. Okay, well, <laughs> there are there are others. I'll tell you, it seems like there are others popping up every day, but those <laughs> those are certainly the biggies. And uh, right. regardless of which social media outlet you use, you're <laughs> you're never far off of the uh, the Wilderness Trail Distillery. Well, Jared, thanks so much for coming on with us. We've sure had a bunch of fun. We hope you have. Yeah, man, it's been my absolute pleasure. It's been my honor to be on your show. Thank you so much. Uh, you know, anytime your customers have any questions, want to visit, want to learn more about whiskey, come see us at Wilderness Trail. And Sam, you do it too. Anytime you want to come have a drink, buddy, uh, let's hang out and catch up. You don't have to twist my arm too hard, sir. So <laughs> I will, I will be there sooner than later, and we'll do this again sometime. All right, great. Thanks so much, Sam. Whether you mix them up or drink them straight, their products you'll appreciate from Wilderness Trail Distillery in Danville. So go to your favorite liquor store and uh, ask for them by name. And uh, if they don't have them, they can certainly get them for you. And uh, there's also the online option, like Jared mentioned. Just go to wildernesstraildistillery.com 
And uh, you can shop online as your heart desires and place your orders there. I will even link you to that website in my show notes to make it even easier for you. And not only can you shop online, you can also use that website to... uh, Book your upcoming tour that we know you're going to take. Find out anything else you want to know about them. Reach out with uh, any inquiries as well. Because uh, even though we strongly encourage you to uh, support them through your online business, but you also owe it to yourself to go up there and meet them in person, take the tour, and we know you're going to walk out of there with not only a handful of goodies, from the gift shop, but also having made a bunch of brand new friends because you're just friends. They haven't met yet there at uh, Wilderness Trail Distillery if you haven't been. And if you've been, well, you you owe it to yourself to make a triumphant return and uh, see what's new since your last stroll through the facility. So we certainly thank Jared Smith for uh, joining us today and uh, no telling where his travels will take him to in the uh, days, weeks, and months to come. But we hope your travels will take you to his employer there in Danville at Wilderness Trail. Now, uh, folks, we always welcome suggestions from listeners, whether they be uh, distilleries, breweries, wineries. But we're not just about alcohol. We also uh, enjoy promoting restaurants, state parks, local businesses, musicians, teachers, if they are people and places with connections to Kentucky. I am glad to consider them for a spotlight on this show. But I don't know about all of these people and places, so that's where you come in. Email me, bluegrassblabbing at gmail.com, B-L-U-E-G-R-A-S-S-B-L-A-B-B-I-N at gmail.com. There is also, at your fingertips, the Blabbing in the Bluegrass Facebook page, which I need you to like and I need you to follow because all of my previous shows are there. If you're new to the show, I know we recently added several more uh, podcast directories on which you can find Blabbing in the Bluegrass. So if you're new... You can uh, go back into the uh, Facebook archives and retrieve any and all podcasts that you might have missed. Or if there's some you just love so much you have to hear again, you also have that option. And we put out teasers on future programs, oh, I'd say about once a week or so, so you can stay up to speed with our upcoming plans. And you can make comments and you can leave messages. So don't be shy about reaching out to me, friends, okay? I love interacting with uh, people in different places within and outside of the state, and I don't bite. Now, good Lord willing, Creek Don't Rise, we're going to come your way next Wednesday. That would be October the 12th. October the 12th, if you're a student or teacher in Kentucky, chances are you're going to be on fall break. We go great with the beach, if I do say so myself, so make sure that you tune in while you're out there in the sand and uh, take it in the salt wawa. That's uh, what I like to call water, in case you were a little uh, stumped on that reference. But uh, anyway, or if you're going to the mountains, wherever you may be, or if you're enjoying a staycation, I'm going to be here. So you better be here as well. But before we uh, part ways for this week, let's give you the answer to the Bluegrass Brain Buster. We brought it to you in the opening segment. And again, we told you that uh, Kentucky is home to two national monuments. We wanted to know what they were and where they were. So, 
number one, we have Camp Nelson. Camp Nelson is a former Union Army station and also a former recruitment center for African-American soldiers on the uh, Union side in the Civil War. That is located in Nicholasville, so we strongly encourage you to uh, go check that one out if you haven't already done so. And our second national monument is the Mill Springs Battlefield. That is located in Nancy, Kentucky, Pulaski County. And we actually talked a little bit about that with my friend Michelle Allen, who is the uh, tourism director for the Somerset Pulaski County Tourism Commission. She told us a little bit about that uh, Mill Springs Battlefield. That was the site of the uh, Union's first significant victory. That was the battle that they won, which was uh, <laughs> their first major battle that they could claim as victors. And uh, again, that's Mill Springs Battlefield and good old Nancy KY. So Nancy and Nicholasville, those are your sites for the two national monuments. Like I said, we've talked a little bit about Mill Springs and we hope to talk more about Camp Nelson here in the uh, the very near future. But don't wait on me. Go, you know, see it for yourself and uh, find out the uh, the fascinating history behind that uh, National Monument site. And we should hopefully have another Bluegrass Brain Buster when we come back at you next week. And also, don't forget to listen and subscribe to Blabbing in the Bluegrass through uh, multiple podcast directories. Of course, um, pretty much all along, we've had uh, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple, Verbal, and uh, here of late, we've also added... Uh, let's see, Boomplay, we also have uh, Amazon Music, iHeartRadio, even a few others. So uh, if we're not on your favorite podcast directory, email me that, let me know, and I will do my best to make sure that uh, Blabbit in the Bluegrass is accessible to you through that particular outlet as quickly as possible. But all of those are uh, free to use, all of those are easy to use, so I expect you to grace me with your presence each and every week. And until next week, you know what I'm going to ask of you. Keep laughing, keep smiling, and keep blabbing in the bluegrass. Because we're blabbing, blabbing in the bluegrass. There's nothing here to hide because we're saying it with pride. Just a blabbing, blabbing in the bluegrass. With knowledge of the state, you're sure to appreciate. Yes, we're blabbing, blabbing in the bluegrass. Where musicians furnish talent and great whiskey cools your palate. Just a blabbing, blabbing in the bluegrass. With a fit for every taste, precious time is not to waste.